Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play, and to understand our purpose, we need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we see everything come from absolutely nothing. It's all by God's powerful Word that everything comes into being. You're listening to Prism Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the foundational statement for the whole story of the Bible. God made everything, and as the maker of everything, it's His. He is the designer and the definer of all things, and no purpose exists without God first purposing all things. Take that in for a moment, and see that we read in just a few sentences that God says, Let there be light and there was light. God didn't merely bring something that existed and place it into our universe. God came up with the very idea of light, illumination, shadows, twinkling, reflection, perception, and so on. Light itself is a creation from the mind of God, and God had a purpose in creating light just as He did. But as we see around us, Light is only the beginning of what He made. In fact, over the six days of creation, God lays the wonderfully complex foundation of everything we experience today. On the first day, God creates the universe, a watery, amorphous earth, and light and darkness. On the second day, God separates the shapeless, watery earth from the sky. On the third day, God forms dry land out of the watery earth, creating land and seas, before creating vegetation including fruit trees and other plants of many kinds. In just these first three days, think about the magnitude of what God has accomplished. By His Word, He commands utterly unique things into being. No one saw or thought of a tree before God did. No one conceived of photosynthesis before God did. No one thought of trees reproducing via seed before God did. All of these were completely novel at the beginning, all out of the mind of God. As we continue, we see that on the fourth day, God creates the lights of the sun and moon in their places to govern days, seasons, and years for the earth. On the fifth day, God creates the creatures that live in the water and the birds of the air. On the sixth day, God creates the wildlife that lives on the dry land. And finally, on that same sixth day, he creates the humans. He says this, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 2 then amplifies this account and gives us more information, especially about the formation of the woman. It says that God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Then the Lord God also said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a corresponding helper. 
So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he slept, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the area with flesh. And from the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman and brought her to him. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman, for out of man she was taken. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. It's with this creation of man and woman that we see the final capstone of God's creation as he sets them in the Garden of Eden, the beautiful garden created especially for the man and woman. But the week isn't quite over. Because after all this activity, God does something different on day seven. On the seventh day, he rests from his work. A rest used as an example for humanity's work and rest cycles on the earth. It's been quite a week, and God has done something that couldn't be done apart from him. He's created all things. He's created the earth and everything in it. And as the crown of creation, he's created mankind in his own image. The designer and definer of everything began with light and finished with marriage. A marriage of the most special creations of all, the man and the woman. It turns out that the most foundational human institution was the beneficent creation of God himself. Let's zoom in on that. It was God's idea to make man just the way he is, and God's idea to make woman just the way she is. Further, it was God's idea to create them in such an intimate way. God doesn't just create a woman. He creates the woman from a part of the man. And then after taking her out of the man's flesh, we see an explanation of marriage as God brings them back together. It says that for this reason, that woman was taken out of man, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The woman is taken from man to be subsequently rejoined with the man in marriage. In some ways, marriage is like going from two puzzle pieces and putting them together to complete the picture, a picture made by God himself. So just as God conceived of light, he also conceived of man and woman in marriage. And as the designer, he's the definer. God creating something means that he defines that thing and that thing's purpose. If you painted an illustration of a sunset, no one else can say to you, no, what you actually painted is a foot. That's not how it works. The designer is the definer. The truth is this. You, the creator, define your creation and you set a purpose for it. And God is the same. Since he defines things by creating them, no one else gets to define them. Ownership and definition of things belongs to the creator of those things. Now it's within this truth that there's a wonderful discovery for us. God defines humans so we don't have to figure out how to define ourselves. He takes a weight off of our shoulders and allows us to ground our identity in what God made us to be, rather than trying to figure out for ourselves what our purpose and definition is. Our discovery and adventure is in learning how to live in God's purpose for us, learning how to see things how He sees them, and finding ways to live in fulfillment of his purpose in our lives. This is one of the great blessings of the Bible for a believer. We get to see 
what God's purpose is for us. And so in the narrative, we see not only the relationship of man and woman defined, but we also see God giving original purpose to humanity in the garden. This is what God said to the humans. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Humanity was originally supposed to exercise authority and dominion over the earth as they were blessed by God and grew the human family. The first married couple had an identity firmly rooted in how God created them. He created them in his image and likeness, special and set apart as God's representatives. And they were to take care of the creation that God made and rule it. What an amazing existence this must have been. Blissful marriage in a beautiful garden with a mandate to rule over it all. Purpose and pleasure mixed, with God walking alongside them in the garden. It was wonderful while it lasted. But there was a problem. A big problem. The humans soon forgot their identity and purpose. This wonderful order created by God, where God created Adam, Eve from Adam's rib as his corresponding helper, and where they were to multiply and rule over the rest of creation in obedience. Well, this order is exactly reversed. Rather than live in their identities, they choose another way. They choose identity crisis. Join us next time as we see mutiny in creation. Man wants to be like God and ends up being mastered by one of the animals. An animal who's more than just an animal. Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, we have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.